Welcome back to a White Grey Lake Manga Book Club discussion of Volume 2 of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind by Hayao Miyazaki. My name is Bruce, the proprietor of the White Grey Black channel and host of the White Grey Black weekly manga podcast. I am joined once again by my regular co-host of the Valley of the Podcast, Gautam. What's up, party people? If you want to check out our Volume 1 discussion, go and check out the volume one video that is listed on the channel or the podcast. We'd love for you to check out. We'd love for you to go check that out. Um, let's start out just with a little bit of feelings of how'd you feel about chapter two, part two of Nausicaa here, Gautam? I thought it was super strong. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think Nausicaa is a great character. I, I like that. We just got a shit ton more action. Like the pacing is insane. It's like, it, it's like nonstop. It's and dense it. too. Like yeah, the the big book version we have here, uh, each each section is about 120, 130 pages, and it's that's normally like about six chapters. I think this is eight chapters each technically. Um, man, so much stuff happens. I'm like doing the plot synopsis. I'm like, wow, yeah, it's only an hour, an hour and a half of reading, but it's like so many things happen, so dense. Um, I agree. Nasca continues to be an exceptional leading lady. Uh strong and merciful and powerful and badass and cool uh she's great uh and i i i really like that she does like kill a few more people and it's like an innate hypocrisy uh surrounding her character that's inevitable due to the nature of war uh it's just mm. cool it's just good stuff yeah she's very much trapped in a world that wants her to be more cruel than she wants to be. And sometimes we'll kind of get to that with uh, the Omu and stuff. Um, this section, I believe, is called the Lake... Is it called the Lake of Rot? Is that right? That's a, that's an Elden Ring. Um, I, it's the Acid Lake, I think. The Acid Lake, yes. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to go back to it. Yes, Acid Lake. The Lake of Rot is Elden Ring, you're right. Uh, that's a different um, Miyazaki. Cool. Uh, let's just start going through kind of what happened. And anytime you want to... Anytime you want to stop me to discuss something, we'll go for it. Uh, we start we start this chapter two, this volume two, with Nausicaa and Asbel uh, escaping the underground sea of corruption uh, on her little glider. And they are very quickly captured by a Dorok ship. And we get to learn a little bit kind of about our, our kind of third big player, I guess, in the world. There's the Toromechians, there's kind of Nausicaa and the independent states, I guess you could call them. Uh, and then there's the Doroks, and the Doroks are kind of the, they are the rebellion to Toromechia, I would say, if, to Toromechia's empire, if you want to call it that. Right. Uh, and I, I actually, I, I like their armor and design, like they, like they, they are like a desert country, and they wear like a lot of leathers and, and, and whatnot, uh, whereas Toromechia all have, have like basic knight designs, like, uh. Like, I don't know, Holy Crusader designs. Yeah, it's much more... It's another kind of repetition of this man versus nature, nature versus mech kind of thing that Nausicaa is very kind of obviously playing into. Um, the Dorok people are kind of more natural-coded, I guess, than Tormekia, who's very technology-coded. Right. Cool, but so on this Dorok ship... Uh, Nausicaa and Asbel show up. Nausicaa, again, like, kicks the absolute shit out of a bunch of Doroks. Uh, and eventually the sort of Dorok leader comes, this, this priest guy. Uh, and they don't speak the same language, but this priest communicates with her 
through telepathy. Yeah. Which is interesting. He, and they kind of, they kind of call blind old priest. Yeah. Blind old priest guy. He, he'll come back at the end of this part. Um, while this is happening, the people from the Valley of the Wind, the sort of, uh, the little gunship and a bunch of old guys try to ask, uh, Princess Kishana, the Tormekian princess for permission to look for Nausicaa. Cause they know they, you know, she's not dead. We just have to go find her. She's down there somewhere. Um, and Kushana like kind of laughs them off. She's very, a very haughty character. Um, and they end up using kind of, uh, using the information because what Kushana wants is that little orb thing. Right. Uh, and they know, they know that she has it, but they're pretty smart and they kind of play it off like, Oh, like, why don't you let us go find Nausicaa? And then you can ask her about it because if we had it, wink, wink, Nausicaa would have it. So, uh, they're kind of smart there. Uh, Princess Kishana lets them go. Uh, and all this is happening while Kurotawa, who is Kushana's kind of second in command, like slimy commander guy, uh, is like listening in. So this, this is, this I think is prepping me for Kurotawa, I think is going to betray Kushana at some point for his own power. I think what we saw in volume one, where he, uh, kept that information of the big mech giant's secret and knows that by killing that uh, worm handler, Kurotawa to me is not, does not have any sort of allegiance to Kishana that's gonna, no honor in this guy, I would say. I, I yeah, the the slimy fuck face, um, I, I, I think he's a, like a really interesting character because he's mm-hmm. so competently written. Like, most of the time he is, he, he does a lot. Like, he, he lands the ship. He's a good pilot. Like he, his background is one of hard work before he got into slime and politics. Uh, and it's weird. His motivation, I think, is to make Kushana. Uh, he was assigned by like her family. The and her family is sabotaging her uh, this whole way. I, I think his motivation is to like uh, take her as a wife, but like also oh, strip her of power. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because because he he consistently tries to save her, keep her alive, uh, but also makes some weirdly suggestive. Like he has some thoughts. Yeah, he's the I, audience here. I think in part one, maybe mostly, but he was very. Oh no! He didn't part. Yeah, in part two. Part, okay, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was about to say I don't remember if I wrote it down or not, but I remember in one of these parts he was just like outwardly sexist, just like flat out like, oh ha ha, little girls playing, but it's the boy's job. And this in this part, he was like, uh, I w- like he was thinking, looking at Krishana, he's like, I'd rather see you without clothes on in my bed. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I. Yep. This is it, this is this guy is this Grima. This is Grima fucking worm tongue of of yeah. Mexico. Really slimy, is. awful dude. Because wasn't wasn't Grima worm tongue trying to marry what's her name the the uh, Rohan uh, princess Aurelia. The one that killed the, no. the, the thingy. Yeah, yeah the one that, that killed that. the ring wraith. I am no man. Yeah. That girl. Who's yeah, yeah, that one. Anyways. But yeah, you're, you're right. This is the Grima worm. Grima worm very, very Grima worm tongue. Um, Where'd we go? Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the valley men. I don't know. I was like trying to figure out what to call the like the the valley of the wind old dudes. The valley men. The valley guys. Valley boys. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah, the Valley Boys, the Valley Boys in their ship um, approach the Dorok ship that Asbel and Nausicaa are on, uh, kind of coincidentally because they're looking in the same area, right? This is all like, kind of happening uh, sequentially. 
Um, the Dorak ship opens fire on them because, of course, it does. They're, the Doraks are against the Toromechian army, and the the Valley Boys are technically part of the Toromechian army right now. So yep. um, Nausicaa, again, is just like, again, Nausicaa's just like, all right, I guess I have to knock some heads together and kick ass again. Like, fucking takes out a bunch of Doraks, knocks them down, and then, like, takes the priest hostage with a knife. And they're, and she's like, you got, you got to let me leave. I will kill your priest. And she's serious. <laughs> she absolutely will. Um, and she does that for their own safety, too, because that gunship in general is so fucking busted. And the Dorok ship is made out of wood, as mentioned a little mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, that, like, one shot from the gunship, which is way smaller uh, than the, the barge that they're in, uh, would have just blown a hole and destroyed that whole ship. Uh, yeah. So Nausicaa saved their asses, effectively, by taking that dude hostage. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, so I forgot. So while while they're on the ship, um Nausicaa sort of gets this is another interesting the the role of gender and sex in the story is really is a really interesting take because the Doroks take Nausicaa and they sort of are like, "Oh, don't hang out with the boys. Like come hang out with us girls. Like we're going to be nice to you. They're not going to be nice to you." And they're like really kind to her and they bond with her even though they can't talk with her. They give her this like blue dress, which is very important uh, for the rest of the chapter. Um, and they seem like really good. The the Dorok females, the girls, seem are very sort of anti-war, uh, presented as an anti-war group, in, even inside the like sort of warship they're on, right? Like they literally are like, hey, the boys are like army war people. The, like, the girls over here, we're not like that. Come hang with us. Um, but anyways, that, that blue dress becomes really important. Um, and we get a little bit more information, uh, just kind of exposition on the Doroks and the Tormachians at war. And yeah, and then the Valley Boys show up, they fight, uh, Nausicaa holds up the old guy and they, they eventually do let her leave. Part of this is that Asbel says, no, I'm going to stay behind, um, with the Doroks. Like this, I think it doesn't explicitly say it, but to me, I read this as Asbel clearly sees like, uh, I'm trying to fight the Tormachians. The Doroks are trying to fight the Tormachians. I... He essentially joins the rebellion, right, on the ship. He's like, ah, yes, this is my join the rebellion moment. Right. I, I, I thought that part was really funny because as soon as Nausicaa glides away, uh, she had just held this high priest uh, hostage. Um, Aswell takes her place holding the dude hostage while she flies away. And then as soon as she's gone, he, he drops the gun. And he's <laughs> like, okay, well, that's done. And they all beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I'm going to uh, jump him at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so funny. That's good stuff. Um, and so that's kind of our first little, the first little arc that happens there. Um, so the next thing that happens, so as, man, it's just this, the momentum of the story starting with part two to me is like, it just moves, right? It's like Nazca's fighting and then they are bartering and then they are moving and then they are fighting again and then she leaves and the next thing that happens after she leaves is she's on her uh she's on the gunship with the valley boys and they come across they come across a whole herd of omu which are like charging sort of out of the the sea of corruption um and she finds that the some other doroks not necessarily the ones that she was with although they're kind of all like loosely aligned uh some other doroks are using uh are essentially baiting these omu and they're also baiting the Tormechians to kind of run into each other because they know that the Omu will just wipe wipe the floor of the Tormechians, right? The Omu are like, I, 
they're extremely powerful and there's like 40 of them here or more maybe yeah Uh, it's it's the the stampede from lion king and yeah except except instead of you know one i don't know what is a what is a wilde not a wildebeest is that what that was is a wildebeest yeah yeah what are those like 400 500 pounds a ton yeah these are like these are like skyscrapers. 70 ton yeah these are like 70 foot tall giant worm things um Anyways, the what Nausicaa finds is that the Doroks who are trying to set up this trap, kind of baiting the Omu and the Tormekians together, are using uh, are torturing a baby Omu that they have captured in order to kind of get it to. Uh, we mentioned they have like sort of a hive mind, so if they torture one, it like enrages the others. In the same way, in part one, we saw that. Uh, capturing or shooting some of the other bugs in the forest kind of triggered the Omu to go into like kill mode. Uh, it's a really, this is where visually a lot of the style of this stuff is really cool. Like the little floating pod they have that's like torturing and holding up this Omu I thought is really cool. Uh, it looks like distinctly different from the Tormekian tech and the tech that Nausicaa has from the Valley of the Wind. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a flying pot. It's cool. It's it is much more, uh, it very much is drawing on that uh, that Mobius art style that we kind of talked about in part one. Um, it's uh, it's like what Bowser flies around in a little bit. Yeah, a little bit like that. Uh, but essentially, Nausicaa, Nausicaa goes with like a pistol at her glider and is like, I'm going to stop them from torturing this little baby Omu. Um, and she does that because she's badass. And, and real quick, for context, oh, yeah. they, are tor- they, they are torturing the Omu. Uh, like we said, uh, they they did like a land battle, the Tormekians did a land battle with the Empire, um, which seemed ill-advised. Uh, and then they retreated, uh, and they they tortured this little guy, so they the Omu rampaged over the entire Tormekian army. And, right, right. The, like destroy all of them. Yeah. Yeah, the Tormekian and the Doroks like have an encounter, I guess, like right before this or during this kind of that we learned about. So Right. Um but yeah, Nausicaa takes up the torture device, saves a mortally wounded Omu. So she doesn't save it. It is still going to die, but she you know, stops it from being tortured. Um, the She sort of commands the, the Valley Boys to go, like, go warn the Tormekians that they're about to be, like, absolutely annihilated by Omu and Doroks, like, together. Um, which kind of still does happen. They go and warn them, and the... Uh, Tormekians are like in the process of escaping and the Dorak gunships show up and they take out, uh, the Dorak gunship takes out a couple of ships and I think the Omu also show up and take out a couple of the Tormekian ships. Um, they all get annihilated aside from Kushana's ship. Yeah, I think it's like just Kushana's ship and maybe like a couple more that got to take off, some of the smaller ones maybe. Um, but we get this really cool moment for Kushana who is like, maybe not my favorite character but I'm super interested to like see more of her going forward. Um, where she, like, has a big, long braid, and she, like, standing on the, like, uh, like, standing on her ship as they fly away, she, like, cuts her braid and is like, I vow revenge, uh, which is just a cool moment. Uh, it's a really, I would say stereotypical, maybe it is stereotypical, it's kind of a typical, stereotypical thing for a female character who has a big kind of character change or a pivot in what they're doing or a change in their uh, story and motivation to cut their hair, right? You see this a lot. Uh, like Mulan does this, right? Mulan does this before she goes to go to war. So right. uh, 
very this 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 visual thing is is very is very typical and very cool and feels feels kind of momentous even and which is an interesting uh it's just i don't know it i you hadn't really thought about it it's not like kushana had like mentioned her hair but like again it's just this really interesting representation i think of uh of gender roles and everything where kushana is like a warrior princess and she kind of gets rid of the last of her princess parts right like her right uh she gets rid of her long braided hair and says, okay, I'm a warrior now. Like fully kind of fully commits to I'm out for revenge. I'm out for fighting. Um, I, I also think it's just a, a good uh, on top of all that. It's like good villain writing, right? Because she's yeah. complex. She, she cares oh, yeah. that, that all of her men died and her men were even talking about like, uh, it's like, Oh, we should have known their brothers were plotting something and blah, blah, blah. You know, like they all care about each other, even though they're the evil people. And same thing with the Doroks, who were kind of the good guys uh, in this part, in part two. They still, like, killed all those Toromekians, tried to kill all those other people with the same We're, like, torturing, like, yeah, torturing, torturing Yomu, who we, and we know that's bad. From our point of view, right? Our point of view is Nausicaa's, so we know that them torturing a bug like that is is bad, so. Yeah, like, even even the good guys are very, very, they, they do a lot of fucked up, uh, terrible shit. At, yeah. Uh, but in the in the name of war, you know, like, and I, that's the point, but yeah. It's just very, yeah, I mean, you're, it's, it is testament to all, all that we've read, part one and part two, it's like, no one, there, it's, I hate saying it, but it's like, everyone's just kind of a shade of gray, right? No, it's not, it's mm-hmm. not a black and white story, which I think is, uh, shows sort of the, the maturity and the skill here. Um, so after Kushana cuts her hair there, uh, Nasuka grabs like a big gun from the Dorok thing and is like, I have to put this baby Omu out of its misery, uh, like aims this like, it looks like a. It's like a heavy machine gun. It's like a it's like the mini gun chain gun from like Doom is what she's holding like a huge yeah like just like hold it down like with all her it, weight. It is what the heavy from TF2 blows around. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like the heavy, the heavy mini gun. Yeah. Um, she's like, I'm gonna put it out of its misery, and she's instead is like, No, of course not. I can't. I'm I'm a Disney princess. I can't do it. Um. And she says, no, like, I'm going to get you, uh, the only like tries to go into the lake to get back to its family. And the lake is apparently is just like pure acid, like melts it immediately. I think her boot gets in it and like burns her foot. Um, and she's right. like, okay, I'm going to, she's like, I know what I can do. Like I can take you back to your family. You can die with them. That will be my, that will be my good, uh, the good thing I do today. Um, <laughs> so right. she, so Nausicaa grabs a little glider. She flies up to Kushana. And is like, hey, like you need to, I need your ship. You're the last ship. Like you have to help me move this baby Omu. It's too big for any other ship. Um, and they do, they kind of, uh, they barter a little bit. And Nausicaa's like, I was like, fine. Like if you help me with the ship, I'll give you the egg, the weird leg thing. And so Kushana, of course, is like, okay, that's the thing I want. So I will take it. Um, we have a neat little segment here where Nausicaa, the pilots of the Tormekian ship are like, we can't land on that. Like, it's too small. There's no way. And Nasuka is like leaning out the window and is like, I'll read the wind for you very magically. Um, right. And, and she does. And she kind of tells them like, oh, this like wind's coming from here. Do this. And so they land on this like tiny little island. Um, and and they get the Omu on board and they move it back and they return the Omu baby to its Omu family, which they like stop. I don't remember if they stopped rampaging before that or if giving the Omu back makes them stop rampaging, but, um, uh, they, they stopped rampaging at the lake, the lake of broad. 
And, yeah, that's um, right. Because they couldn't go. Because they couldn't go. Through, yeah, because so. they couldn't cross. And they saw Nausicaa was there, and they're like, "Okay, she she got this." Yeah, they like talk mentally a bunch. Yeah. Um, we then see that Nausicaa meets uh, what is described as like a magnificent old omu that looks like the forest itself. That's like overgrown, like covered in uh, growth and stuff. Um, this is kind of like a big, the big climax moment for this this kind of middle arc. Um, the we get kind of this moment where all the omu have their golden tentacles raised, and they kind of raise her up, and she's wearing this blue dress. Um, and someone mentions like, oh, the dress is dyed blue like Omu blood. Everyone sees her bathed in this kind of light that the Omu are giving off that people think at first they're like, oh no, it's the spores. And they're like, no, wait, that's like some, some light thing. Um, and then someone, is it the Dorok elder or it's I think it's the, the elder. Dorok elder. Yeah. It's yeah, like, he says oh, he, I feel like joy and happiness and trust in my breast. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he brings up that there's like a, a prophecy, right? Uh, and the prophecy is like, one shall come to you garbed in a raiment of blue descending upon a field of gold. And it's very sort of like, very on the nose. Like, oh wow, who who could this be? Nope, we're bringing it up right as it happens. Um, the tendrils of the Omu are the gold and Nausicaa's wearing the blue dress that she got from the Dorox. So very clearly there is some uh, prophecy here that the is going to fulfill by the end of this. So, Right. She Jesus, yeah, but bug Jesus, yeah, yeah, redeemer of the bugs. I hope right. she will die. She will die for their sins. Um, yeah. So the Omu then tell Nausicaa, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna go south. You should not go there." We, <laughs> they don't exactly say why, but I very much get the implication that it's like, "Hey, we're gonna go south to go to war and fuck some shit up. Uh, don't go down there." And she's like, "No, don't do it." Right, they they won't give her an answer as to why why they are going there and like what's happening. Yeah, we will learn. Yeah, we will learn just a little bit probably while they're going here. Um, so after all of this, this is sort of the big climax reveal of you know Disney princess bathed in light in a blue dress on golden uh, golden hills or whatever it is. Nausicaa, very important. Um, the men, the the Valley Boys. They all, along with Nausicaa, return to the Valley of the Wind, along with sort of the other leftover refugees from uh, any of the sort of little planes that made it out that weren't the Tormekian, the Tormekian cruiser or whatever. Uh, Nausicaa actually doesn't return to the Valley. She goes with the Tormekians. No, so, okay, no, so I thought that too. But there is a scene where it's the, it's like the main Valley, Valley dude, like talking to her. And they're... That is he, that is not in the valley because it's a flashback. That is a flashback. Okay, it's a flashback. Okay, that, I was lo- I was reading that and I couldn't quite tell. I was like, this is either a flashback or they all went back and I couldn't remember. Okay, it's it's You're, yeah. Otherwise, it would be so weird that they don't address her and her father's death, right? Like, yeah. Well, and it was weird because all of the other like valley boys like start bringing her stuff, and I was like, I thought that there were like kids and stuff in that section too, and I was like, man, maybe she is back in the valley of the men. I can't tell. Um, no, he had that. It's uh, she, he had that flashback while he was talking to the kids about Nasca. That's right. Uh, and yeah, then yeah. It that that makes more sense. When the first time I read it through, I think I read it like that, and I was going back through it, and I was like, "Wait, what the hell is happening here?" Okay, right. So, that would have been so weird. Anyways, yeah. there, so there's a flashback. Um, Nasica has sort of uh, repurposed repurposes blue dress into some kind of like blue uh, armor and stuff, and we learn. Uh, with the, the Valley Boys returning to the Valley of the Wind, we talk to like this elder 
witch lady. I don't know. She's like an elder, an old lady. Uh, matriarch. Mat- yeah, very old matriarch kind of girl at the at the Valley of the Wind. We learn about something called the Dai Kaisho, uh, which I typed that into Google Translate to see what it means, and it said large opening. Uh, but what they call it is it essentially means great wave of the sea, which uh, this lady says the Dai Kaisho has come before, and it greatly expanded the reach of the Sea of Corruption. It's essentially a giant wave of the sea, the sea being the Sea of Corruption, um, and they know that this is done by sort of all of these Omu kind of charging and dying, and when they all die, they release like a shit ton of spores, and they go everywhere, and that, you know, fucks up the land and expands the reach of the Sea of Corruption. So, this is... uh, Connect the dots here. This is, I would assume, what the Omu are heading south to do, right? Is to... They're going to do this Dai, dai Kai show. It's, they're probably going to go into lands, uh, I'd assume, owned by the Tormekians. I need to take a look at the map at the start again. But uh, they kind of have connected all of this. Okay, this is maybe not the next part of the story. Maybe it's the final part of the story. But this is it's, it's laid the groundwork for where the story's going now. Right. Cool. So Jaheel dies. Whatever. Um not, it's it's not even really treated like that big of a moment. It's very much just sort of like, all right, his time's up. Um, I, I think it, it makes sense because it was like expected from the beginning. He was like in bed rest yeah. when he's introduced. You know, like, I also think it's it's sort of more important that Nausicaa is supposed to succeed him than it necessarily is that he dies. And I think she's not going to be there. I could see some stuff with the Valley of the Wind happening. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, this is where we get the flashback of, of Mito, who is the main uh, the main valley dude. Talks to Nausicaa, she's repurposed with the dress, blah, blah, blah. And then Nausicaa rides off to meet the Tormekians on a budget chocobo, right? On, this, on a black, it's literally a chocobo. Uh, although this and, uh, predates other, chocobo? This this uh, got to predate chocobo yeah, by I, a lot. I think, this is, I think this predates chocobo, actually. By I'm like, not sure. Yeah, I mean, final first Final Fantasy was like... I'm going to look it up. First one, this is like 1987. Yeah. And this is 1982, oh, yeah. so, 83. This is published. So honestly, this, this inspired. So Origin of the Chocobo right here in, in Nausicaa volume two. That's the time. I, I, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I like Chocobo is definitely one of them. Um, but yeah, uh, in, uh, one other thing is right before the King's di- King dies, his final words were that he will join the Alliance of Valley, other Valley boys mm-hmm. uh, to band against the empire. Um, however, the Valley of the Wind will not give up their gunship, uh, because he states that Nausicaa will need the gunship. Um, and, uh, he tells Mito to, Mito, the other old dude, his number two in command, um, to find Yupa and get him in touch. Yupa, the master swordsman, to get him in touch with Nausicaa. Yeah, who's kind of, um... Yupa strikes me as kind of like the B plot of this whole part one. Maybe he's the secondary MC, maybe third after Asbel. But yeah, I, yeah, I think he, I think he's mostly there because you need kind of an impartial character to set up the world building in some of these areas. Yeah, um, and you need yeah. you just kind of need someone to be elsewhere because you can't just follow Nasca the whole time. But right, anyway, so. Cue the story now, jumping to Yupa. We are now following Yupa. He finds, uh, like, a large... I, I don't really want to call it a city. It's not really a city. It's, like, a large structure that a bunch of people are in. Uh, city-like, I guess. Um, right. He, like, goes in, confronts a bunch of worm handlers. You know, it says, fuck you, your worm handlers don't like you. Bro, they're so mean to the worm... Dude, like, I everyone hates... That. 
Yeah. I even felt a little bad for them this time because, like, they are so brutally mean to worm handlers. Nobody likes them. It's kind of funny how, like... It's so funny. Oh, Yupa is this very, like, kind of heroic paladin, you know, good, caring person, very much kind of on the same level as Nausicaa. And he walks in and he's like, fucking worm handlers. Well, I actually, wasn't Yupa nice to them? He's like, worm handlers are humans, too. I'm going to take this jerky, too, to give it to I think he tried to, and he approached and was like, I still hate them. (laughs) No, he was... I think you're right. I think he was actually pretty good. But, like, everyone around him was absolutely... It's just really... You're right. It's just really funny how how brutally mean everyone is. Everyone else is very severe, too. Like, literally, like, imagine if you were just, like, plumbers. Like, you just hate plumbers. They're just awful. Like, the worst people ever. Only bad people are plumbers. It really does feel like that. Because, like, the worm handlers in this chapter, they just try to buy some wine at the bar, and everyone's like, oh, ugh. Worm handlers. Get the fuck out of here right now. (laughs) Uh, But anyway... So Yupa like does some kind of dealings with them. I don't know. He like gets some info out of them. It's not super important. The important thing here is he finds these mysterious jars while he looks around. Uh, that seem to be kind of, I think they're being delivered by the worm handlers to uh, the Dorokians. The, yeah, the Dora Dorox Dorokians Dorokish. How, however you say it, yeah. The Dorox. Uh, but, but, I don't know. Yeah, Yupa infiltrates the worm handler ship, worm handler slash Dorox ship. Um, and gets into their base that way as well. And, yeah. And what he finds yeah. there is one of these vats, one of these jars, with a baby Omu being bred inside it. Um, I don't think... Are we told why they are being made like this in this part? Uh, I, we're not told why, but I think the assumption is to instigate stampedes. It's kind right. of like an like yeah. Omu nuke, if you will. Yeah, all you have, yeah, I... I I agree completely. I, I think this is what they did with the Omu that Nausicaa kind of quote unquote rescued. Um, all you have to do is take one of these guys out, torture it in an area, all the Omu charge, boom, you've you've got a yeah an Omu nuke essentially. Um, so yeah, Yupa kind of the, the Dorox all confront him, try to fight him off. There is a mysterious, uh, a mysterious figure comes through and challenges Yupa to one on one combat and says. It says, no, let me do this. And they end up, what is it? They like cut some smoke and smoke pours in. And this mysterious swordsman goes, kind of sidles up to Yupa and is like, hey, we need to escape. Come with me. Spoilers, it's Asbel, uh, who's been with the Dorok. So this is like, I'm assuming this is kind of after like a little bit of a time skip, maybe. But from, because I mean, we essentially just left Asbel with the Doroks. And then now he's like, armored up and he's part of them and they kind of i don't necessarily know if they don't know who he is but he's kind of uh infiltrated and blended in with their society here so right yeah he i think you're right it was probably a time skip uh he he is like infiltrated darokian society and uh with that said the elder that nas the blind elder and one of nasica's friends from the ship are also on his side. So they, they helped right, him right. kind of infiltrate. Dorok. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of made clear here that the the, the Doroks that uh, Nausicaa and Asbel ran into are kind of like a better better than the others <laughs> in some way. They're like They less... weren't initially. Um, right. But they, they saw Nausicaa, like the priest saw Nausicaa and was enlightened effectively. Right, yeah, their, um, their yeah. elder leader is very like in tune with who Nausicaa is and is like, oh, she's the coming of, she's going to fulfill some prophecies, so she's she's good, we're on her side now. Um, and that, yeah, that, that plays into, again, how Asbel and Asbel and the other girl and this priest um, 
does all of that. So, but as these three are escaping from this Dorok compound, they come into, uh, they run into another bad dude. This, this guy strikes me as more bad than the Tormekians. Tormekians strike me as kind of like, this guy's like Darth Vader, right? They run into like a dark, like a dark priest, essentially. Like if the, if the good Doroks have like this high priest, this guy is a dark priest. Um, but he he is like uh, one of the highest Dorok leaders. So not now these like the good Doroks, quote unquote, mm-hmm. are seen as heretics and traitors. Um, the Dorok army and the rest of the Doroks are run by this. This is the high priest's brother, uh, or like the emperor mm-hmm. or Dorok emperor's brother. Uh, looks a lot like Darth Vader. Uses psychic powers. Uh, is kind of an asshole or a huge asshole. Yeah, very much. An yeah. But cool. yeah, it, I I think I think this was probably my small gripe with the the second part is that I thought he was a little cheesy. He's a, he's a little yeah. As as much as we talked about how everyone was kind of a a scale of gray, this guy shows up and is like mustache twirlingly evil, which yeah is is a, is a little bit different than all the other quote unquote bad guys we've seen. Um, even though kind of the Tormekians are definitely introduced as a bad guy, they're also very quickly kind of humanized. We learn about him. This guy, maybe we get more of him going forward, but in this part at least, he shows up and is like, I am evil, and he uses like psychic power to like yell at people and knock them down and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, he, he's like a psychic version of like like a Karen, honestly. He, he, he like shows up and he's like, this, this is all like so improper. I show up for just for this and like he's just like scolding everyone in psychic language and exactly ancient yeah. language <laughs> yeah so the very end of this chapter or yeah chapter two part two ends with this dorok uh the bad dorok priest the dark priest killing the good elder who we know is kind of on the side of good um and he he kind of tries to reach out with his psychic powers and confront nausicaa I, does he actually try to force choke Nazca? I don't remember that, but I believe Yeah, that. yeah. Um, That's he, right. He, he, like, she likes stuff. He tries to that. attack Nausicaa, but, like, the good priest, uh, before his his he dies, he, like, protects Nausicaa. Um, That's right, yeah. And it's very, like, mental combat. <laughs> this is one of those things where it's kind of like, okay, sure, this is not... Th- this, uh, that, this is the part I didn't... That That's why I, this is the only part of the part two that I thought was, like, What? You know, like, this is very strictly less compelling than all of the like direct fighting confrontations. Cause yeah, it's like, I'm looking at it right now. It's like, Oh, she's in the mental palace and she's being attacked and she like gets the holy light and puts it inside of her. And it's so warm. And now I can fight off the, the evil bad guy of his like mental attacks. Yeah. It's very I wish like the, the, the evil bad guy was like less of like this just annoying dude, you know, it, yeah. it was like, this guy was just like, he was pure evil. He had no like, shades of gray like you said but he was also just like a whiny guy like he was just like it's like i, I flew all the way and, and this is the treatment and this is the entrance i get it's like yeah. god shut up bro <laughs> like what yeah we'll see know. we'll see what the story does with him but uh yeah that, no, it, it, that was just a, a little bit silly for me but um yeah it was but, it was a small part that i don't think will probably hold too much relevance yeah i hope i hope there's not a whole lot more um, like mental combat, light versus dark kind of 
that kind of imagery to me is very like rote and overdone and I've seen it a million times. I like I like Nausicaa much more when it's more uh like badass girl environmentalist fights people who are, you know, tech and confused and abusing the land and stuff. I like that a lot more than this sort of like mental prophecy stuff. Um I, I agree. Uh, I, I don't mind the I like the prophecies. I like I like the Omus uh, Omu and Nausicaa being like kind of the Jesus figure. I like all that. Yeah, yeah. But I I just didn't like this psychic dude that sh- suddenly showed up, like this Darth Vader guy, and was like, just I, I don't know, he felt like the most, um, it felt like it was thrown in at the end, because I don't think these, like, force battles, like these internal persona-like battles were established at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was just it was just strange, but it wasn't a big gripe or anything, it was just like a, a this dude was there for like the last 10 pages and was an asshole. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the very end of this part, we see the uh, Tormekian cruiser with Kushana and Nausicaa on it, getting a little flying over the clouds, getting a little announcement. It's like, attention, we are entering Dorok territory. Maintain maximum alert. And that's the end of part two. Great, great. Yeah. Uh, hundred chapters. I, I had an awesome time reading that. Yeah, hundred pages. It's, I mean... The main question I am left with is how is this the movie? Because I know that the movie. It's not. Yeah, they, I, I. They restructured I it, I'm sure. I don't remember a lot of the movie, to be fair. But I do remember parts of the end of it. Um, and none of the end of that movie was. It, it has shown up yet. And uh, I do remember the the old jar and the baby on stuff that was in the movie. But, um, that was at the end of the movie as well. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I, I was after I read this, cause I know I had read on Wikipedia or whatever, that the movie adapts the first two parts. So these two parts that we've done uh, videos on now, that's what is adapted to the movie. And I was like, Oh cool. It's going to like sort of tell a complete story by the end of part two. And then it's going to keep going. And it didn't, it didn't it. So clearly the movie has done some, adaptation here because yeah if i were to make the movie i would pretty much just like go up to the the big confrontation on the lake with the baby omu and that's the end of the movie which i it sounds like maybe what it does with some uh, they might mix up of. some other stuff there was there was more there was more stuff um mm. I, w- I won't say what it is just because uh the part i remember is a little spoilery and if people are reading along we'll get there and i'll and i'll yeah. tell you in that part shows up. And we are, we are, I think, I don't know if it will be the next thing we do or if we'll do it at the end, but we are going to watch the movie and, and talk about that a little bit because I'm, I'm curious to see it because I do think... Let's as, do it at the end. Yeah, I do think as good as this is, most of my, um, most of the qualms I have with Nausicaa so far are more on visual clarity and density of pages and paneling. I mean, there's like, I flip to a random page and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, there's 12 panels on a single page. That's a lot of there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's like 11 panels on this page. I'm just flipping to random pages and there's like, the way, art's a little rough too. It's dense. Yeah. It isn't necessarily rough. It's just really, some panels it has, art, honestly. Yeah. It has a hard time defining when things get busy. A lot of times there's, the art is really busy and it's hard to tell what's going on. Um, as a 
proponent of good action paneling, the action paneling in Nausicaa is not very good, which is, you know, a small thing, although it, it is way more action-packed than I thought it was going to be. Um, I, and sometimes it's, it's really good. It's like, Some, yeah, it's like good. It's like really good sometimes. Like I think like the gunship fights. I was going to say, yeah, I think the gunship fights are really, they're really clear because it's really easy to see sort of a gunship on a background kind of attacking or flying around. Um, yeah. But then when it's like, you know, Nausicaa fighting 40 Doroks at the same time. It's like, I cannot tell what's going on. <laughs> like, right, oh, she right. made her way over there and is holding up the priest. Cool. I couldn't tell, but I believe you. I, I had to like reread or like relook at that panel where the slimy advisor shoots that Chocobo that Kushan is writing on. I'm like, wait. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah. It, that was like a really hard to parse panel. But uh, yeah, it has moments like that. Uh, all in all, I think it's good, but the art is a little rough. And I think the movie fixes a lot of that. I think, yeah, I think in general, um, Miyazaki is a really good writer and a really good animator. And this is his, from what I understand, it's generally his first major foray into manga. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think this will make a better movie on screen. Like, I'll, I'll just say that, I guess, that I generally think that making this uh, animated, I think that's Miyazaki's, yeah. more Miyazaki's wheelhouse than still art. Uh, and I think, I think it's, this is much more of a, uh what's the word i'm looking for much more kind of slideshow what's the like fuck what's the slideshow they make before a movie that like storyboard storyboard there you go exactly what i'm looking for yes this is much more of a storyboarded story than it is actual um he isn't like breaking down the action into smaller parts he's just saying well you know here's the next you know the, the next scene the next storyboard is here right so you do a when you're storyboarding, you do a different piece of art. Anytime a scene changes, anytime a new act, a new person speaks, or anytime, anytime any change happens, right? You're supposed to do a new storyboard. But a lot of times, there's really minor changes in a storyboard that you don't, right? Like if somebody's winding up a punch and throwing a punch, um, in a in a well action, a well, uh, what do I say? a well-action paneled manga series, that could be three, that could be two, three, four, five panels. That is one storyboard always when you're doing storyboarding. So, and I think that's kind of what is uh, causing some of those issues with clarity. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I completely agree. But with that said, um, I don't it's think still it's really bad good. looking. It's not <laughs> no. bad looking. I mean, it, the art really inside it is, is great. I, right. I really yeah. love, like, I'm super interested because the next, um, looking forward to the next part, which chapter three is called the Dorok War, has this really badass picture of Kishana on it. And she's, like I said, I think she's like the most interesting character right now. So I'm really looking forward to reading more of this. Um, yeah, me too. I cool. can't wait. Yeah, any any other final thoughts after we kind of went through all that? Uh, no, I, we, we kind of set them as, as we went. Uh, do you have anything? I mean, I other than I enjoyed it, I think it's really good. I had a great I am, time, man. Yeah. I am looking forward to getting through the rest of it. Uh it's it's a little strange for me because I am very used to uh, binge consuming media. So to read like 120 pages of this every week and not just immediately like tear through it all uh, is a little bit different. It's different because it kind of has longer to sit with, longer to think. You get to go back to it when you do these videos if I've read it a day or two before. So um, I'm actually preferring it um, for it's this, nice. this particular yeah. read because of the density. Like, it's dense and nonstop, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's nice to break it into segments and reflect on each segment because I feel like uh, we're getting a lot out of it. Yeah. I definitely think this is not, 
I th- I feel like by the end of this, there's no way you could talk about you could talk about everything that happens in a single video that's less than, you know, however much all of our videos added up will be, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's know, right? so much stuff happens. I mean, there's essentially like three full kind of mini arcs inside this 120 pages we read, right? There's like, there's all the, the pre-stuff on the Dorok ship, there's the, the Omu there's Swarm, ton. and then there's the Dorok, Yupa Dorok infiltration thing. Like, those are all three distinct parts of the story that are all completed. So, yeah. I, I think... To- uh, we should make a, a worm handler rights activist uh, group. <laughs> Justice for worm handlers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I had a great time as well. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next part. Yeah. So thank you for listening or watching. Uh, we appreciate you being here. We hope that you are enjoying Nausicaa along with us. Uh, if you've only ever seen the movie, definitely go check out the book, the manga. It's, it is still excellent. Um, if you want to listen to us, don't forget, check out the the main White Grey Black channel if you're looking for a little bit more curated content. If we do a weekly manga podcast where we talk about um, currently published manga, which is a little bit different from this, a little bit uh, less in-depth, but just a single chapter or two covered there. And yeah, hey, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, leave us comments, anything you want to talk to us about, we'd be happy to bring it up in the next video and have a little chat about it. So, yeah. See you next time. Don't forget to read more Nausicaa.